from the dark web to your radio dial. You are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. I'm joined this week by Tech Sergeant Diami Baker of the U.S. Air Force, and uh, she's here to talk about cybersecurity recruiting and uh, what's going on in the Air Force with all of this uh, cyber warfare. Uh, they've now come out and they've talked about the, the 24th and 25th Air Force here um, that are uh, active uh, units in the, the Air Force here out of San Antonio, Texas, and there's Lots more going on all across the nation. If you uh, listen in with us here through the hour, uh, you'll learn all about uh, what different uh, missions the and roles the Air Force has available in cyber and uh, how you can get involved and some of the great benefits uh, for getting involved in serving your country, potentially even uh, just as a reserve for uh, one weekend a month and a couple weeks every year. Uh, if you want to listen to uh, this on... A replay. If you're just in your car right now, you're maybe uh, wrapping up here the evening on your way home. Uh, we'll be on Tuesday uh, the following week. You can go to www.cybertalkradio to hear this uh, in full. Uh, you can also hear all of our, our past episodes where we've actually talked to, to some of the servicemen that have uh, done this cyber in the Air Force, uh, have gone out now and, and founded companies in cybersecurity. So uh, if you want to learn about uh, the Air Force and cyber missions, uh, is going to do, I think, a great job here today talking all about how you could get involved individually, uh, but you can see uh, where some of these careers can lead people through some of our, our past episodes of Cyber Talk Radio. Uh, so, Diami, thank you very much for uh, coming in today. Um, thank you, Brett, for inviting me. I'm excited to be here and discuss some great things with you guys. Yeah. So, you're a tech sergeant, so how did you get to uh, where you're at in the Air Force and end up in this cyber recruiting role? Wow, so where does it all start? Okay, so um, I joined back in December of 2007, and I actually joined active duty. So I was a medic for three years, um, and then I decided I wanted to go into the reserve to finish school. Um, so that was in 2010. And I was a medic through there as well. And I moved from Florida to Colorado Springs. And there is where I decided that I just wanted to try something a little different. The Air Force had done some wonderful things for me. And the reserve component had literally changed my life and the way I saw things. So I really wanted to you know, get information out there and see if there was other people I could help. So that's when I started recruiting. And when I was recruiting in Colorado Springs, I was not focused on cyber specifically. In fact, this is a brand new program. So I am the only cyber recruiter for all of Air Force, active duty, reserve, anything. So I am it. This is it. So there it's a go. kind of a science you're, project. You're an army of one right now. I am. And hey, it's a strong army. We're, yes. we're working. But, um, you know, it's really a science project to kind of build what we need where we need it. Because as we all know, cyber is growing in crazy ways and especially here in san antonio like i said this is cyber city usa this is where it's at and it's only going to go up from here so um the reason for me being cyber specific is because we have like you said the 24th 25th air force has placed a lot of cyber specific jobs here units are standing up um, and 
with this being the focus um, for the group that I work for. I work for the 960th Cyber Operations Group, um, and we have 15 units across the globe. I mean, just here in the United States, we span from California to Virginia, so literally each all over the place. Um, so my job is to find the most highly qualified applicants I can and to fill those positions. We're really wanting people who, you know, are already in it or have that want to do this. So, and as you, you go through, um, I think a, a, many of the folks feel like a, a, they've got like maybe the 1970s stereotype of joining the, the armed forces. So you go in, you go through boot camp, you have to serve some active duty period for two years, four years, whatever it is that you kind of agreed to on your initial enlistment, and then maybe you could join the reserves after that. Um, and then also that when you, you go in and you join, and they you're going through the, the job placement uh, at the start, and they ask you, well, what did you do um, out there before you joined the, the Army? They'll pick on the Army for a little bit. Sorry for them. <laughs> no, but they, they get picked on for this. Yeah, what did you do out there before you joined the Army? Well, I was a, an auto mechanic. And then they tell you, okay, you're going to be a cook. And then the next person comes in and says, well, I was a chef. I went to the Culinary Institute here in San Antonio. And they go, that's great. You're going to be an auto mechanic. Um, so going in with this cyber recruiting now, is the Air Force looking at, at recruiting differently these days? Absolutely. And um, I think we've come to realize that if we use the skills where they are utilized the best, we're going to get the best outcome. And so that's really what my job is about. Um, I heard you say something about 1970s military style where you come and do active duty time, go to boot camp. So um, it's very different. Reserve is actually its completely own component of the Air Force. And you don't have to serve active duty time to get into the reserve. Um, you can walk into my office, say, you know what, I would love to serve my country part time. I want some help doing some things in my life. Um, you do go to boot camp and then following that you'd go to a training, but it's a training to train you for your job. So. The nice thing about the reserve is you pick your job. I'm not gonna put you in anything or an open general or, hey, we're gonna put you where exactly where we need you. You have that control to say, this is really what I want and you know, I'm holding out for that position. And um, my job is to find those skills that you're good at and to place you into that job that's going to be what's best for you and what's best for us. So I think, you know, people are a little, oh, I don't wanna get stuck doing something that I hate. and. I want to do what you're good at. If Even if you haven't jumped into cyber yet, but maybe it's just really what you're interested in and you see yourself, yeah. this is what I want to go to school for. This is what I want to do ultimately, my big goal. Um, that's what we want to help you to get there to do. Yeah, because you have um, thousand over a thousand open positions right now? Yes, we have a lot of open positions. We have 1,500 positions right now, just you know, across span. Um, and it's really hard to tell how many are open and closed because people move, things change, you know, so, I mean, it's an evolving and, and we're growing, like I said, it's only gonna grow more and more. We're gonna have more units. We're gonna be opening up more things. And even outside of military, the civilian jobs here, it's insane. There's thousands of open jobs here for cybersecurity, for IT, for anything computer related. So it's really a booming business right now. Yeah. And these, these open positions range all the way from just uh, entry level. Maybe I'm a, a kid right now doing Cyber Patriot. Um, I'm about to graduate from high school. I could go in and uh, walk into your office and enlist in the reserves, and you could then uh, find me one of those roles in one of these units, and then I could get some money for college. Like, How does some of this stuff work? Absolutely. So um, 
I could say, yes, that's what I aim for is the younger generation, but that's not true at all. I actually don't have a generation that I aim for. I do speak with my, you know, high school students a lot, and most of that is because they don't necessarily have a plan. They may know they want to go to college or they may know that they want to work for this business following high school, but they don't have the path lit for them. So a lot of these kids just need a little bit of guidance on, yes, this is what it requires to do these things. Do you have it all in place to get there? So it's just a little bit more mentorship for me with, with the children, you know, the 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds um, out of high school. Um, but we have several people in their mid-20s, you know, early 30s who maybe are just working a job that they thought they'd be further into, you know, or, you know, they thought this was going to pan out differently. Um, so they come to me looking for help to maybe get them some training or experience because they apply for jobs and it's like every job that they want, they need experience in it to get that job. So, or, you know, they've tried to go to college and they just aren't, they don't have enough money to finish it and they're working jobs trying to put them through college. So for them, it's, you know, it's a little help, but we do so much more than helping. I mean, our benefits are just, I mean, insane. And we can touch a little bit on that. Um, so, I mean, there are some things that you want to ask yourself when you're considering the Air Force Reserve, obviously. Um, are you at a point in your life where you feel stuck or you feel like you'd like to go further, but you don't know how to get there is one of them. That's kind of where I was at. I was uh, trying to go to school. I was trying to do put myself through college and I was just being spread way too thin. So I just needed a little bit of help. Another thing is, could you use a part-time job with full-time benefits? I mean, some people are working full-time jobs and they don't even have benefits. They don't have medical, they don't have dental, they don't have a retirement plan. And sure, that's okay when you're younger, but when you're starting to think about having a family and settling down, you want to have that stability of having those things lined up. So it's, you know, it's important to start getting those things in line. Yeah, so the, the, uh, I think that's an interesting one that folks maybe don't think about some with the, the reserves on here is that the, these are paid positions. This is not a, a volunteer army or a volunteer air force. Uh, so And, and the, the pay comes in the actual like pay for the weekend that you're working or pay for the two weeks that you're, you're on deployment. Um, but then also I think the, the real pay that I see in my understanding of these programs are, are all of those, those benefits. Um, especially some on the, the college tuition piece or even the technical training, um, just the value and the dollars of that to be able to, to take someone from maybe you're working in a, a call center job right now, you're doing some basic network troubleshooting, uh, but the, your employer doesn't provide high quality benefits or your employer uh, doesn't provide training opportunities for you to grow um, because maybe they don't have roles. They only have entry level roles and they're not looking to grow and develop uh, you, but you as a, an individual, you do want to grow and develop for your own um, self, maybe for a family that you you have now or a family that you're thinking about having. Absolutely. So I always say, what are you doing to build your resume? Okay. And there's many things that you could go along with that. First of all is, okay, I have to have work experience, right? That's a big one. Um, I have to have some form of education to show that I am qualified for the position I'm applying for, whether it's even in waitressing. They usually want some certification that says you can serve alcohol or whatever it is, any position, they're gonna to wanna to see, do you have something to show that you are qualified for this position? Another is, do you have anybody who can say you are doing a good job, you know? So um, for me, what are you doing to build your resume? The Air Force Reserve is the absolute way to build a resume for your full-time position. So it not only gives you the work experience, 
um, you're getting that education. So the way that our training works, let's say somebody is going into something such as cyber warfare. So that's what they're going to go to tech school for following basic training. So you do eight weeks of basic training. It's all paid. So you're getting paid active duty time the entire time that you're at basic training. Directly following that, you go off to a tech school. Tech school can range anywhere from three months to a year, usually in these career fields. Um, with that being said, that's another three months to a year that you're getting paid full-time active duty yeah, pay. You're, so. get, you're getting paid to learn. You're getting paid to go to college. Yes. Instead, Normally, you're paying a bunch of money to go to college. Yes. You're borrowing a bunch of money to go yes. to college. Here, you're, you're in a role where the Air Force is paying you. Yes, we are absolutely going to pay you to attend this. And just like you said, Brett, we're essentially paying you to go to college. And I don't mean that in, oh, yes, we're going to kind of, no, this is directly correlated. We Our training is um, directly linked to the Community College of the Air Force. So all of the training that you're getting with us turns into college credits. And it can be transferred to your, you know, whatever college that you're going to here. It can be used. Most of the positions that I'm talking about, you're getting certifications out of these. Network Plus, Security Plus. A plus, whatever it is, you know, that they're needing for those. So these are things that you can walk into somebody and say, I have a certification and we paid you to get it. Like it's, it's crazy the amount of benefits you're getting from this. So now you can say, not only did the Air Force Reserve pay for me to go to school, they gave me these certifications, but I also work. So I have this experience. I've been doing this, um, working alongside with these people and they can vouch for me. So it's a big deal. Yeah, it, and some of the more advanced certifications, if you were uh, looking to get your CISSP and you needed to have three years of practical experience with cybersecurity, maybe you're working in a, an IT job right now as a system administrator, but you, your current company is not giving you the opportunity to get the cybersecurity uh, activity that you need in order to get that CISSP to advance your career to the next level. The Air Force Reserves here could be an option to enable you to go into a cyber role there and get, start building that three years that you need to obtain the CISSP. Absolutely. And then there's ways for them to pay for your certifications as well. So I think, um, you know, overall, it's most 18-year-olds coming out of high school don't expect to get an $85,000, $90,000 job. That's where we want to get you. We want to get give you what you need and the tools to get there so you can have that job. Um, Another huge thing with my positions is that all of them require top secret security clearance. So when you're looking at these big corporations for security, cybersecurity, that is one thing that's going to make you stand out above all of these others because you're saving that company thousands of dollars. Yeah, and, and potentially, I mean, you're even getting into a point where uh, the, the company um, has to have clearance on personnel in order to be able to do information sharing and work with the Department of Defense or other agencies. And if they hire you without that clearance, you have to sit on the sidelines. They call it bench time for maybe nine months to up to nine two years. To, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, it makes, if you have that clearance, it makes you a much more attractive candidate for many of the private sector employers uh, to consider you for those, those roles um, that you would have the, the rest of the time that you're not in the reserves and serving. Absolutely, and it's pretty crazy because we can start these top secrets on a 17-year-old who joins with us because you can essentially be, you know, a senior at 17. So before they're even graduating, these people are getting top secret security clearances and then applying for these great companies right after they're getting trained with us. So, you know, it really is building what you can do out in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah. 
So you had talked a little uh, about like it's, you could come and do this right as the young, but in the twenties into your thirties. So if what are there um, age requirements uh, on on this? Like where does this cutoff point hit? Yes, thirty nine years old. Thirty nine years old. Point. So I've mm-hmm. missed it. Oh, man, <laughs> I have gray hair in my beard. For those that can't see on the radio, there's gray hair in in my beard. <laughs> it will not work for me anymore. They uh, have died for that, but yes, yeah, I, I can't. I can't fake the age thing and go back. Uh, and then, uh, so you also have the basic fitness requirements. So, uh, like 48 push-ups or what are the, do you know, do you know, do you know the numbers on those? Ones? Absolutely. Well, I don't know specific numbers cause it would depend on the age. Everything oh. is, I mean, if you're under 30, oh. there's certain requirements. So if I was 39, I would have to do less push-ups, maybe. Yes, but oh. it's only a couple, so don't get too excited. <laughs> I know. I thought I was gonna have a huge change when I turned thirty, and then I was like, "Oh wait, it's really not that big of a difference." So, yeah. Um, yes, it is a requirement to you know maintain your fitness. Um, we are still military, so yeah. we are expected to do that. But um, it's a lifestyle. You know, yeah. people will wait and try to do everything all at one time, but if you do a little bit at a time, it's pretty easy. Yeah, it's just a good life choice and a good life decision to oh. make overall. Uh, An easy one. Yeah. Uh, and then, so the, the Air Force boot camp is eight weeks. And uh, so if you were in San Antonio, Texas, and you get to go to, to basic training, basic training is in San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> Welcome right? home. Yeah. So as I say, that's the only place where the Air Force does basic training, right? Yes, sir. We are like the Disneyland of <laughs> Air Force, I'm telling you. Yeah. It's great, though. Um, some people enjoy it, even those that are locals here, because their families get to come in for graduation, and it's really easy. They don't have to travel too far. and you may, f- I mean, even though you're on San Antonio, on Lackland, you feel like you're in a different world. It's just, it's very different. Yeah, and, de- and depending on when you time your yourself going in through that basic training, you may get to go off at one point during the basic training to go to a Spurs game. I've seen the cadets over there. Uh, so sometimes they let them out some at one point during the eight weeks. Uh, Those are lucky, lucky people. Lucky people. So yeah, you should if if uh, you're thinking about this, uh, probably not during playoff time, but uh, probably regular regular season uh, eight weeks. You probably can't sneak in and get to the NBA finals <laughs> here coming up soon. Oh man, I wish I could sneak out and get there. Yeah, you're listening to 1200 WOAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio, and I'm joined this week by Diami Baker, uh, a tech sergeant in the U.S. Air Force. Uh, she is the cybersecurity recruiter for uh, the Air Force and the Air Force Reserve, uh, the only one specifically dedicated to that mission, and uh, she's uh, based here out of uh, San Antonio, Texas. Hi, Brett. Thanks for having me again. Um, I'm really just looking forward to getting some information out there. I know there's a lot of people wanting to know some things. So. Yeah, and this is one where, like, uh, we were talking before you came on the air that you usually go have conversations in front of uh, hundreds of folks at a time because, like, as an army of one and all these people asking about cyber and everything else, uh, this is uh, where we were excited to be able to give you the opportunity and for uh, for us as well and for our audience to get you on the air here um, because folks listening right now live uh, get to hear this and we, we get to get out in front of one audience just like you uh, doing one of your large presentations, but then this will go up online uh, for those of you listening out there uh, on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com it'll be on youtube uh, it will also be on itunes podcasts and Pocket Casts if you happen to be on android so uh, you'll be able to share this link and we'll be able to uh, help spread the word uh, about this uh, out through the social media channels and uh, this uh, presentation can get out in front of 
thousands, um, maybe millions of kids, uh, we can get the whole country excited about cybersecurity and uh, serving their country here. I think that sounds great. And I think really what I want to do is give a broad um, explanation of what the Air Force Reserve is, what we can do for people. And hopefully if they think that they have any questions, you know, in particular to their own cases and their own lives, then they can reach out to me and I'm definitely more than happy to have a conversation with them. Yeah. Going in and joining straight into the reserves. Uh, so in active duty, uh, I get they assigned a job you had talked about earlier in the program. Here you get to pick your job in the reserves. But do you also get to pick your, your duty station? Do you get to decide where you're going to live if you're in the reserves? Absolutely. And I think that's one of the, the big focuses for the reserve is you still have the control. And, and that's a big thing for me. I'm a control freak. So to me, I like to know where I'm going to be um, and what I'm going to be doing. So reserve gives you that opportunity to not only say, this is really what I want to be doing, um, but I also want to stay here in San Antonio. This is where my job is, or this is where I want to go to UTSA, or this is where my family is. Um, but let's say you don't want to live here in San Antonio. Let's say you get maybe a job in California or a job in Florida. Um, we have units that you can transfer to there, and all you have to say is, hey, this is really a better fit for me in my life. And, you know, it's not a, an act of Congress to get transferred to those units. Yeah. And if you if you didn't get transferred, so say you were assigned to a unit in San Antonio, you moved to California, could you fly in for your one weekend a month? Absolutely. And we have several people even here in San Antonio that don't live here in San Antonio, but they love their unit and they don't want to move. So they travel the one weekend a month and, you know, do it that way. And they'll even break up some of the two-week annual tour and not do it all in one go-round, but come for a week and then come for another week later on. And then for, for your two weeks, is that assigned at your your unit's location or is that somewhere else or how does that work? Um, so that can work a lot of different ways. It's really just a intense training opportunity. So you and your unit will do um, really just hardcore training at that point because um, some of these people only come for one weekend a month and as you as you can imagine it may be hard to keep some of those skills up if you're only doing it one week in a month so that two weeks is really just a focus to to build as a unit and a team and sometimes that can be at your home unit and sometimes it's not a lot of units will travel out to other areas just to get you know a bigger picture out of it yeah so if folks wanted to get uh, a hold of you or wanted to uh, go online to learn more about uh, the cyber and the Air Force Reserve, where can they go to, to get that information? So if you're looking for information on the Air Force specifically or maybe jobs that you'd like to do, you can go to afreserve.com. Um, if you have a question in particular to yourself and you are interested in the cyber, you can call my phone number directly. Um, that phone number is 210-389-8922, and I can help to answer any questions that, that anybody has. So uh, you can go to, that was AFAirForceReserve.com. Yes. Uh, so not some uh, .mil.gov. Uh, no, no, no you just yet. You guys have a, the, for the recruiting, they let you have a, a marketing website, it sounds like. Absolutely, and it's good because it'll explain some of the jobs, what they do, It'll tell you um, where you're going for your training. It'll tell you how many college credits you would get out of that um, and how long it would take and everything. So if you have specific questions to a job that you're interested in, um, that is the route you want to go look it up and then give me a call. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and take a break for the news, traffic, and weather update here at the bottom of the hour. You're uh, listening to 1200 WAI, and this is uh, Cyber Talk Radio. Um, 
after that bottom of the hour break, uh, Diami's going to dive into some of the details really about this tuition reimbursement, uh, the training, the, he had mentioned some college credit stuff there, uh, and really explain uh, what are some of these roles and what are the real uh, meat behind all of these benefits that you can have for being an Air Force Reservist. Cyber Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. If you're just joining us here after the bottom of the hour break, we have uh, Tech Sergeant Diami Baker on this week uh, talking Air Force Reserve Cyber Recruiting. Uh, if you missed the first half of the program, uh, we'll be online on Tuesday on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com, uh, iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, um, and YouTube. Uh, this segment of the program, we're going to dive into uh, what do you need to do to actually get into one of these cyber roles in the Air Force. Uh, and it uh, starts off with some requirements that uh, s- some of them are, are going to be uh, pretty easy for most of you. Uh, you need to be over 17 years old, uh, so that, that one's a pretty easy box to check. Uh, some of the rest of them, though, uh, we're going to ask her to help dive in and explain uh, how, what the requirements are and, and how you can uh, meet those and how you can... Um, study for some of them, and I think as well. So, uh, the one on this list here that I'm I'm looking at in front of me is uh, ASVAB. So the military loves its acronyms. It even loves its acronyms on uh, admittance requirements. So what does ASVAB stand for? Um, it stands for Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery, and that is a pretty much general knowledge test. So if if you've taken the the SAT or the PSAT before, is it going to be somewhat similar to that? Yeah, there's a lot of similarities between the tests. I mean, there are a few other things. There's going to be some of the technical, mechanical stuff that they're going to ask you that probably wouldn't be on your normal SAT or ACT. And and if you wanted to study for that that ASVAB, are there uh, study materials to point folks at? Are there study groups here in San Antonio? Um, absolutely. So my biggest thing is taking practice tests because I think that not only is it important to have a study guide in front of you, but really getting a knowledge for what type of questions they're going to ask and kind of having it in the same setting, so a computer-based test. You can go on Google and you can literally just type in practice ASVAB tests and thousands will come up. Um, I also recommend getting a book um, and studying. There's several at Barnes and Nobles, or you can get it at any, any bookstore, like ASVAB for Dummies is one of them, but um, several different ones that you can get, and you'll probably find a nice recruiter's card in the back of that book as well. <laughs> they sneak into the bookstores and <laughs> slide do. the recruiter cards in the back. I like it. That's I a, know good, all that's the a good trick, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then so to take this test, do you go down to just one of the uh, the testing centers or their scheduled test days? So there are, it has to be scheduled. So the way it works is, unfortunately, I am the gatekeeper for anybody who wants this. And what I mean by that is it, it's not just as simple as walking in saying, I want to take the test. Um, again, you have to be 17. And even if you're 17, you have to have parental consent. So I'm not allowed to just talk to any 17-year-old and try to convince them to come into the Air Force. Um, until you're, you know, an 18-year-old adult. Um, your parents would need to consent that. Um, you come in, we'd have a conversation in my office, and really that's 
Is this a good fit for your life? I want to know, is this a move that you're making because you need it? Um, is it something that you're just eh, kind of, I'm not really sure. I'm kind of teetering on it, but I want to help you make that decision if it's going to be your best move. And um, if you decide it is at that point, then, you know, there are some paperwork that is involved and really it's not a contract or anything like that. It's, it's permission from MEPS, which is the military entrance processing station um, to do the physical and the ASVAB on you. So we'd have to fill that out. Um, you'd have a medical pre-screen too as well. Um, and then I'd send that to MEPS and then they would schedule you for that. And really, I can't do anything with anybody until they're qualified through MEPS because there are certain scores that are needed for the positions that they're applying for. And there is also a physical that has to be tested and passed. And what I mean by a physical, I don't mean like push-ups, sit-ups, and doing running. It's literally like a giant doctor's office and they're just going through different stations, talking to the doctor. They'll get blood drawn. They'll do all kinds of stuff there. So um, once they're passed through MEPS, that is really when we can sit down and talk about the jobs that they qualify for and, and what fits into their lifestyle and if it's still a good decision for them. You never know in that couple months that they've waited, they may have changed their mind or something come up. So really that's you know the hardest part. And then of course, after that, we pick a job and then it's the security clearance, um, making sure that they can get the security clearance. And then from that, it's all easy. So, and if I'm going through this process, I might have spent a little bit of money on the, the book or maybe um, I went to the library and, and they may have copies there. So I've, I've done some studying. I've spent some time. Does this MEPS process or the ASVAB test, does it cost money? Uh, no. So, it, well, I'm sure it costs money, but the military is going to pay for it for okay. you. Okay. <laughs> so it does, as an individual, it doesn't cost you anything to yes, go, to go through and, and to try and take this test and, and see uh, what you do qualify for. Absolutely. And if for some reason you don't test as good as you want, it can be retaken later. Um, I think the first retake is after 30 days. So, um, you know, it's not the end of the world. But I do really suggest getting in there and, and applying yourself to the studying portion because it's not a smack dab easy test. I mean, some of us who've been away from general math for a while, it, it's, it's actually a little difficult to go back and remember how to do some of those things. So, a brush up is definitely needed, and I think um, if you're applying yourself into the studying, it, it definitely shows um, in your scores. Yeah, and these, the just like the SAT or the ACT or these other tests, the ASVAB has a scoring range, and these, uh, my understanding is some of these cyber roles, you need to score well on the ASVAB in order to be eligible for these jobs. Absolutely. So, I mean, we're looking at general scores over 65 and electrical scores over 70 in some of the positions. Um, some of them, you know, don't require the electrical score, but just the general score. So we're broken into four categories, mechanical, administrative, general, and electrical. So that's how they are weighted out. And really the general and electrical is what we focus on in the cyber area. So those other ones you can do poorly on, but then it doesn't count too far against you, I guess? I or? feel like if you have knowledge of the general and electrical, you it's pretty easy to pass the other two. Other two as well. Mm -hmm. So they, the others still have a like passing score that you need to maintain. Yes, you still have to make a overall score of at least 31 to get into any air, I mean, just to even get in the door. So, I mean, obviously hiring your scores is going to give you more options for your job list. Yeah, and, and going through, so I've, we've done this, I'm on that pre-clearance now, and then um, if I'm 17, as long as I'm on track to graduate, it's okay uh, if I'm 18 or over, I need to have my high school diploma or a GED? Yes, that is correct. And you also have to be a citizen for to hold the top secret clearance. 
Um, now, if there's any of you out there who don't have your citizenship yet, but you're really wanting something like this in the future, we definitely have other positions that don't require the top secret that you could get into until you get your citizenship. And then once you get your citizenship, you can definitely retrain into these positions. Retraining is pretty easy in the Air Force Reserve as well. I know in um, active duty it was really difficult, but you, like I said, we really want to give you the control over what you're doing in your life. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a good one to bring up and that many folks don't uh, realize about our armed forces, though you don't have to be a U.S. citizen to serve. Uh, you, can, you can serve in, in our military as a, a citizen of another country, um, just as you're a resident here um, and have the proper paperwork in place. Uh, you can join the military uh, and choose to serve the United States. Absolutely. And, and really, we want to help you to get that citizenship. If that's something that you're wanting to do, we want to help you to get the tools to get there. And they will actually talk to you about that in basic training, about getting your citizenship and give you the study material and everything. So I've gone through there and I've gotten in. And so the, the job selection process. So there's, as you said, over a thousand jobs open right now. So if I'm sitting down and having a conversation with you and I say I went through a I, we scored really well on the ASVAB, and I'm kind of got the all of the things that are, are open to me now. Uh, walk uh, the, our audience through what is that next step for the, the job selection piece look like? So the job selection is actually a lot more in detail conversation than what it sounds. It sounds like I'm going to say, okay, what do you want to do? And you're going to tell me. It, there's a lot more to it than, than just that. Really what I want to do is talk about what timeline is good for you. I want to talk about the training. I mean, um, does it fit your lifestyle for how long you need to be gone for your training? Um, does it match up with what you're wanting to do? Um, are you interested in this unit's mission overall? Because ultimately, the unit is going to interview you, and they're going to say, this is what our mission is. Is that something that fits your lifestyle? So if I've presented three different jobs to you, each one is going to have a different reason why it's important to you. Maybe this one is the exact time you want to leave. Maybe this one is you really love the mission here. So really, it's up to you to decide which one is the most important out of those. And then we make a decision off of that. Yeah. And so uh, we've maybe gone through, we made that decision now. So I'll do basic training here in San Antonio. And then, the, as you said, like that, when do you want to leave so for the advanced training? Is that all in San Antonio? Is that all over the world, all over America? So where do I go for that next advanced training, that three months to a year of training, depending on the role? Um, that actually really just depends on what job that is. It's all over the place, all over the United States, really. We have some in Florida, we have some in Mississippi, we have, we have training in California. So it really just depends on what job. And that would be something that we discuss um, during the job counseling as well. Like, do you really hate this place? You know, yeah. I really don't want to be there. Or maybe they have family there, so they're super excited to be in Florida. Who knows? Um, that might be a driving factor. Yeah, and so when you're um, off for that advanced training, are you living on base in barracks? Are you living off base? What freedom and, and things do you have there during that training time? So during that training time, you're going to go through phases. The first phase is it's pretty pretty strict. I mean, it's a little more lenient than the basic training, but yes, you are staying on base. You will be in uniform. You can leave your dorms and school, but if you're around base, you have to be in uniform. And then you go to like a second phase, and that's after a couple of weeks of doing good in phase one. And, and at that point, um, you can be in civilian clothes anywhere on base, but if you leave base, you need to be in uniform. And then your phase three is awesome. You can leave base. You don't have to be in uniform. You have to be back by a certain time. So your curfew would be like 10 p.m. during the weekdays. And then 
on the weekends, you're free to stay wherever you want on a Saturday night. You just have to be back by like Sunday at eight, nine or 10, whatever they have it, you know, each, each one is different. So really it's, um, but yes, what they want to do is acclimate you slowly back to normal life, but without getting too carried away. Cause again, you're training and the training is very intense training. I mean, we're shoving a lot of college knowledge into a little bit of time. So you're really, you know, people think of three months as, oh my gosh, I have to take three months off of school. No, you're usually coming back with 25 to 35 credit hours of of college. So you're really ahead of the game. Yeah. And so if you, you have a, a house somewhere, um, you're already living maybe here in San Antonio, if you're listening somewhere else uh, across the uh, radio here and where we're broadcasting out at 11 p.m., we uh, reach folks um, all through the, the Midwest here. If you're listening on iHeartRadio, you could be anywhere in the world right now listening to this. You, uh, If you have a house there, when you're doing this advanced training, you're not having to set up a second residence and pay a second mortgage or rent a second house. So from a, a financial um, opportunity perspective, uh, you would keep paying the bills that you do have, uh, but you're not going to pick up any new bills to go this is a college effectively with full room and board and everything paid for. Well, and it, you're getting a paycheck to go. Absolutely. And I will say, like, I mean, if you're living in a, a one-bedroom apartment by yourself with no kids or anything, I would say put all your stuff in a storage unit and just collect the money. You know, that's a great time to start saving some money up if you don't have somebody else relying on you to have that house. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, thinking about that, it's, I guess, if you save that money up, if you were in training for a year and you, you save that all up, um, one of the benefits of uh, serving our military is uh, some great home mortgage and home loan programs. So you potentially could come back out um, and have the money saved up for a down payment through one of those military mortgage programs. Absolutely. And actually, you can use your um, VA home buying loan and you don't have to put anything down. So there are some of the loans where you don't have to, you know, dish out $15,000, $20,000 for a 5 or 10% on your home. Um, I mean, I was... 20 years old when I bought my first house and I look back and I'm like who let me do that you yeah. know but it was really a phenomenal um, opportunity for me and my family and, and we're very blessed um, with what we've been able to accomplish in the Air Force yeah and and this is uh, one of the things just with the millennial generation overall right now is um, it used to be folks would get out of college they would save up a little bit of money uh, and then go to, to buy a home but they're getting out of college with uh, so much debt from the tuition and those Absolutely. years spent in school uh, that they already have a mortgage effectively. Because, I mean, if you've got 75000 or $100,000 of college debt, that's like a mortgage already. Um, so the, the idea of actually adding a mortgage for a home makes uh, home buying uh, something now that we're seeing a push into, into the 30s or into the early 40s before people are buying their first home. Yes, I completely agree with that. And, you know, um, I'm glad you touched on the college stuff a little bit because – just like you said, um, the aftermath of, you know, getting those loans can be so detrimental because, I mean, who says that you're going to get a job that's paying you high amounts after six months of graduation? That's not always the case. And unfortunately, they don't care. At six months, they're asking for that money. And, you know, you don't want to go into deferment or anything like that. You want to take care of your credit. And um, so if you haven't already gone to college or maybe you have, you've done a year or so and and you're really just like, man, this is not the route I want. I don't want to be forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars in debt. Um, we have ways to help you out. Um, tuition assistance is a great program, and um, it'll pay up to two hundred and fifty dollars a credit hour, and we will give you forty five hundred dollars a fiscal year to do that. So you can essentially get your bachelor's degree and your master's degree with 
with those um, helping you out. Um, also, we have the Montgomery GI Bill Select Reserve, which will give you $369 a month paid directly to you to help pay for those things. So let's say you used the $4,500 cap for tuition assistance. You could then, if you want to keep going to school for that year, you don't want to wait, you could turn around and use your Montgomery GI Bill, you know, for the remainder of the time. And it's really just a way to help you to not have to get the $40,000 of debt. I mean, um, you can do it, still do it fast paced, or you know what, maybe you got some great training in the Air Force and now you have a great job. You can slow it down a little bit, you know. Um, that, that's completely up to you, but we we definitely want to help you to get there. And um, you're going to start out ahead of the game anyways with your training because you're going to come back with, I mean, half of an associate's degree. Yeah. So it's pretty impressive. You're listening to 1200 WAI. This is CyberTalk Radio, and we're on the air this week with Tech Sergeant Diami Baker talking about Air Force cyber recruiting. Uh, we've been going through... Uh, all of the the benefits of the program, uh, some of the opportunities out there. Um, if you've missed the earlier part of the broadcast, we will be on the internet on Tuesday. Uh, you can check it out on www.cybertalkradio.com or podcasts through Pocket Casts or iTunes uh, podcasting service, as well as YouTube. So a great place to go and uh, learn uh, about Air Force cyber recruiting and get the the whole um, interview here with uh, Tech Sergeant. So uh, one of the areas we haven't talked about yet, and this is uh, one of the, the big national topics all the time right now, is healthcare and the cost of healthcare, and and how uh, that growth in the the cost of healthcare is really um, hurting wages and all sorts of other things. Uh, it with uh, it being in the Air Force Reserves, you get healthcare. Yes, that's correct, and it's a pretty amazing price when you talk about the coverage for an entire family. Um, I do a lot of research on different companies, different insurance companies, what it would cost for, you know, a normal kid, 21 years old, or even a family. And the prices are scary. It, it is honestly scary. And to think that people who may get sick once a year are paying hundreds of dollars a month for just themselves, it's, it's frightening. So um, I, I do have great news with that because the TRICARE Reserve Select has phenomenal rates. I mean, for a single person, it is $47.82 a month. Um, now let's talk a member in their family because we have several people listening right now who may have kids, a wife, husband, whatever. Um, for that, it's $217 a month. Okay. I'm talking if you have 36 kids, it is $217 a month. That is phenomenal. Now when we talk about coverage, do you have to be seen on base? I know this is a big one for military, you know, a military coverage you do not have to be seen on base with this um, which is phenomenal you actually get to choose your PCM so TRICARE would send you a list of all of the qualifying um, doctor's offices in the local area that take your insurance and you can just pick and choose and decide that's where you want to go you do have the option to go to base if it's quicker you just want to stop by the urgent care real quick that is completely up to you but um, when we're talking prices I mean I know there's some of you out here who maybe still fall under your parents, but ask them how much it costs because I guarantee it's probably more than the $47 a month that you'd have to pay for yourself. Um, they might be really excited if you say, hey, we should switch to this, and they may even cover it for you. Who knows? It might be saving them a great deal of money, though. Yeah, and one of the, the great things, I think, about this healthcare is it sticks with you through different jobs, through everything else. Uh, 
you don't um, you could go off and start your own company and if you're starting your own company one of the things folks often worry about is man I'm going to be an individual I've got to go buy some individual plan and these are really really expensive and it's um, sometimes it's hard to get coverage uh, through uh, if you're an individual going off to, to start a business so if you were thinking about I'd like to go um, get my own tech company going how am I going to afford uh, to have health insurance how am I going to afford to uh, get uh, started and bootstrap this thing and if you've got that reserve of salary you've got a little bit of money coming in you've got your healthcare stuff at a super affordable number this can create uh, opportunities for you uh, to go start your own business um, that you may not have had uh, before um, maybe gives your family some freedom as well if uh, right now uh, one of uh, you and the either your wife or your husband in the in the family is working through um, and they're working for a company specifically just to get health care for the family. Um, if you've got this health care through the Air Force Reserves that can travel with you all over the world and job to job and everything else, create some freedom for uh, everybody to pick a job that they really love and enjoy and, and go after those pursuits and not kind of be trapped to get the medical coverage that they need. Absolutely. And I think another important thing is, is um, let's say one of your children has something that they've been dealing with, um, diabetes, asthma, something that requires them to constantly have some type of prescription. There is no pre-qualifying um, physical or anything for your children, for your wife, or for you. So you're automatically covered. You don't have to worry about your children being turned down or not getting their medication. It's super simple. You could stop by base if you need to or your local pharmacy. It really is just an, an awesome coverage. Um, and another thing you said, you talked about um, starting your own business and, you know, that might be something that somebody's interested in. Another thing I will say about the Air Force Reserve is it is the way of networking. I mean, you got to look at it. The people that you're working with have their own day-to-day jobs. They have their own things going on. Maybe they have their own companies. They work for, you know, I mean, you would never guess where these people work and what they do. It is a phenomenal way to get to know people and use them as your assets and your tools. I mean, I've Literally, people have made, put me in the right place with the right people the entire time. And that's one of the reasons I got this job is networking and really telling people what my passion was, what I wanted to do, and then getting in front of the people who can make those decisions. So that's a a big deal when you're talking about, you know, getting to know people on that level. Yeah, we've had uh, a few former uh, Air Force uh, folks on this program that have started their own companies. Uh, John Dixon with a denim group here in San Antonio, Chris Garretts uh, at InfoSight. If you wanted to hear interviews with them, you can look up our archives online um, on our YouTube channel or the uh, other things through our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. You can also uh, follow us on Twitter. We're there as Cybertalk Radio, and we also have a YouTube page. Uh, for the uh, Air Force and uh, for cyber recruiting, are you, uh, we have the afreserve.com website that we mentioned earlier. Is there uh, other places that folks should uh, follow the Air Force Reserve or any of these things online? Um, I mean, you can really go on to military.com. Um, I do have my own Facebook. Um, you can just Google me, Tech Sergeant Diami Baker, and you'll see me in blues. Um, first name is D-Y-A-M-I-E. So if you have maybe something that you want to ask me and you just don't feel like calling, you could definitely get on there and shoot me a message and I can answer you that way as well. Great. So uh, we've gone through and uh, covered the healthcare stuff a minute ago. Uh, we've talked about the college credits you get for the, the tech training, uh, but then the, you also get the GI Bill uh, with being going into the reserves. Is, is that correct? Yes. You get Montgomery GI Bill Select Reserve and tuition assistance to help you with school. Absolutely. <laughs> 
So how how does that work? Um, how much money does that go towards you? We talked a little bit about the $4,500 a year. Is that the GI Bill or is that something different? That's the tuition assistance. So okay. tuition assistance would cover $250 a credit hour, and they give you a cap of $4,500 a year. Um, I think the GI Bill Select Reserve is worth about $11,000, and they pay you in monthly increments of $369. Granted, that can all change if you're doing active duty time. Let's say you volunteer for a deployment or um, you come out to the unit and pull some active duty time. You could definitely um, rack up more money than that. So this is, uh, I mean, just amazing set of, of benefits for um, taking on a, a part-time job. I mean, it's uh, kind of amazing. Um, and uh, I think this is something that, uh, man, I, I wish I wasn't uh, the gray hair on my beard. I might go sign up right now. Uh, <laughs> we yeah. can talk later. Yeah, talk later. Waiver. <laughs> we'll get a, a waiver for uh, my age requirement. I think I can do the push-ups. <laughs> I may not be able to run the, the, the uh, is it seven and a half minute mile? No, it's slower no, than that, isn't it? It's, no, it's a mile and a half. A so mile and a half. Can, I think you could do it in 12. Let's do it in 12. I'll chase you and we'll see if you can get it done. Okay. Yeah. I mean, with over a, a quarter of a million cyber jobs uh, available out there in the, the private sector uh, across uh, the U.S., if you're interested in this, uh, I think here's a great way to go get yourself uh, into the cyber industry. Or if you're already there but want to upskill your career, uh, I think getting in contact with. Uh, Naomi and, and learning more about what the reserves can do for you is a, a great way to go. Absolutely. Thank you so much Beth, for having me on your show. and I look forward to seeing anybody that this could benefit. Yeah, no, this was a, a wonderful conversation. I learned uh, a ton and we'll uh, work to help get the, the message out there. Because, um, uh, as you said, if we, we don't train all these folks, uh, there's missions that uh, y'all won't be able to execute on. But in the private sector out here as well there's hundreds of thousands of jobs going unfilled which means that businesses all across america are vulnerable every day absolutely and and our motto is we will dominate cyberspace so come help us do it awesome thank you thank you so much